0: Hi everyone, I'm Madeline Park, stylist and vintage fashion hound. I believe everything has a story, whether it be clothes or the people that wear them. As we're forced to sit still, I want to travel through the stories of people in other places and explore how they're stepping out with a renewed sense of style. So this is Style Stories Stepping Out, a series which continues to share stories of creative people with strong sense of style, but from places that we'd love to see and where we'd rather be. Today, I'm stepping out with Sarah Stewart, celebrity and fashion stylist who leads the charge in dressing the characters that define New Zealand's major news programs. And our interview could not have been more timely. As Sarah also holds an ambassador role for New Zealand Fashion Week, we were supposed to engage in the excitement leading up to the event. But the world being the tumultuous place that it is, the news that New Zealand was going into a snap lockdown broke the morning of our interview. Testament to Sarah's hard-working nature and kind character, she still showed up, sporting fresh hair and fierce fashion from one of New Zealand's favourite designers, Trelease Cooper. And it's this commitment to performance coupled with a considerate curiosity and an ability to meet the mood of her audience that defined both Sarah's fabulous style and her fascinating story i hope you can sit back relax and enjoy listening to sarah's story hello hi how are you
1: so good thank you for with my timing that i've just got back from work so everything is
0: good and order is restored Well, you look gorgeous, um, and I was just saying that you're incredibly tenacious for continuing on with our interview today, so I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's <laughs> Oh, my pleasure. Um, given everything that's happened in the last, like, 24 hours, um, and given that you work across several newsrooms, what has your day <laughs> been like today?
1: Today's been quite crazy. Yeah. Um, with with a lockdown um it changes the job around slightly so uh i needed to figure out when i can actually go in when there's no presenters or talent or um just so that we can kind of keep track as to who's in the room at the time and you know just naturally um not being able to go out with lockdown um yeah so i also needed to pre-organize um i look after nine shows so which gathering you know.
0: <laughs> testament to your hard work and also um how the role as a fashion stylist isn't always as glamorous as it might be perceived <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I mean you can keep up the facade like well done to you <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh i certainly can't <laughs> especially we're in sydney lockdown and um keeping the facade up of everything being glamorous at the moment is particularly difficult. Uh, (laughs) The the wheels may have fallen off the cart a few times over the last couple (laughs) of weeks. um, Look, Sarah, what I've read about you and heard about you is that you're one of the nicest people in the industry over there. Um, And, (laughs) Yeah, as i said your tenacity in continuing on with this interview today is kind of testament to your hard work ethic um <laughs> so i want to jump into your personal story yeah of and course. um and kind of get it ascertain like where those values came from so should we kick off by you just giving me um, a bit of a picture of what your upbringing in new zealand looked like
1: Sure. Okay. Um, so, um, my heritage, um, I know that was one of your questions that you had asked. Um, so I'm, I'm a mix. Um, I I'm Scottish and I'm also Tahitian and then also Kiwi. Wow. Um, i got like the freckles. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> <laughs> the Scottish side and then, um, the thicker hair and, um, face shape. There's a sort of hints of Tahitian side there. Um, but I, I actually grew up in the country <laughs> And, um, I, I, grew up next to a large waterfall called, uh, Henoa Falls. I don't know if you ever have the joy of going to that place. It's very beautiful. It's about an hour out of Auckland. Um, there I grew up actually in an outdoor pursuit center, um, which has kayaking and sailing And, um, it's what, uh, a camp that my, my family built and it actually still remains there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, my influence came from um, a lot of things growing up. Um, I think living in the country, I think a lot of people can vouch for this, but it forces you to be very creative. <laughs> um, and um, my parents, even though living in a, they lived in a rural area, they also lived a polar opposite life to the countryside. Um, they would always go to charity balls and in the theatre. Also, my dad would also emcee a lot of beautiful events in town. So he'd be wearing um, beautifully tailored suits with bow ties. And my mum would join him and be with them in beautiful gowns and outfits. And my sister and I would just love them so much because they were never dressed like that at home. I like, think yeah. these earrings that she stolen them. <laughs> it was like um uh late 80s early 90s so it it was the era era of like clip-on earrings and <laughs> um quite a decorative time. Um yeah. there was lots of um like beauty pageants in the um in the 90s um which I'd love to watch and also the news. Um, and they would have like the big heavy set hair and um, the clip on earrings and the big shoulder pads and blazers and and whatnot. And um, I just loved it. I didn't really see that in my everyday life apart from Mum and Dad heading out and vanishing and looking so glam. So TV really fascinated me, and I knew that I always wanted it to be a part of my life, or I wanted right. to be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's like almost um feeling like you're you're missing out a little bit to, you know like that's maybe if if you're going to think of it from a psychology sort of point of view I guess I
0: want to be a part of it you know <laughs> like, yeah and- yeah I want to join in <laughs> especially so I- if you're in a remote area like if you you were kind of a bit isolated from a bigger yeah. city uh, I guess you would feel like oh how do I how do I participate in that yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so um, super glamorous and fun. I mean, growing up on a, in, in the country and, and on an outdoor pursuit centre was fantastic, don't get me wrong. But it just, yeah, it was always, like, um, just so, so close but so far, you know?
0: Do you think yeah. that um, because of that, because of the way, you know, the area that you grew up in and because mm-hmm. your parents were so glamorous, um, you did look to fashion as a way of, like, exploring a sense of fantasy because yeah. I know I know on your website you've quoted Kate Spade as saying um you know we we start playing dress-ups at five years old and and we we like we we keep on going from there yeah is that, is that what happened to you yes yeah. yeah, like um
1: yeah I think um you know curiosity just never stops you know you're always just going to be curious and want to try and and delve um but even from from there um like I, I um if we're going to talk about um like um, pursuing the career in fashion um i definitely i knew I always really loved it um but i went like, I went down more of a um traditional route and obviously went to to university to explore that but um I actually really freaked out as i wasn't really. Um, sure what to do with my degree
0: so going back a step you said you were Mm. saying that you know you always knew that you loved fashion and it was kind of the pursuit you were going to go down why like why did you or how did you always know what were the kind of signifiers or you know where did that kind of start to evolve in you
1: I think um yeah, definitely the whole thing of trying on my mum's clothes and trotting around and putting on earrings and um, dressing up any animal that I could <laughs> that was around. <laughs> um, and then also, I think. A sheep? Be- yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs>
0: Excellent. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> but i i think it was more um if i think about it like when i was younger i was super bossy and like i remember even ringing my um i still we still have a laugh about this but i'd bring my friends and be like oh this is what we're wearing today you know like i mean who am i to tell <laughs> i was in primary school bossing my i'm being like we're wearing pink today you know like um don't know like it it um I think also I th- I, I believe that um, I did notice that even going to, from going to a country school, I went to um, a private school in town. And just the transition, so I went from dressing in mufti and you could t- kind of dress up as uh, mufti, what you go, would you use yeah. mufti? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got kind of a weird word, isn't it? Um, but, um, you know, we could wear whatever we want to go into uniforms and then I found myself... Being confined even though we had uniforms for every occasion i wanted to change it somehow you know meddling around with the, the hemline or adding doing something weird with my hair or i just really um wanted to sort of stretch the boundaries but also incorporate trends and
0: yeah does anything yeah. and do you, do you think any elements of you because you obviously got some varied kind of lines of heritage um, do you think any of the kind of cultural references from from those backgrounds kind of influenced your sense of creativity or a sense of, like, your parents dressing up? Was that part of their kind of cultural backgrounds to kind of present yourself in a certain way?
1: Yeah. Um, I think... I I, re- I think, I if I mean, if I think about it, I know that um, with my, my parents, so my mum was a teacher, was a teacher. Um, and then my dad was working um, quite high up in, in the council. And, you know, uh, they would come home and then they'll be, you know, they'll rush down to the camp and they'll put on their little uniforms and they'll have like polos and pants and whatever. And then, um, but then he would go, my dad would go to work and he'd be wearing a tuxedo and he was very, very... Polish and manicured, always shaved, and carried around a pocket, and he was just, you know, so it was yeah. day and night, you know. And then, um, same with mum, should always be super dressed up and um, go to work. So I kind of like occasion and dressing, or it's almost like um, being a character, or being suited to an occasion. I, I, I'm guessing that maybe that's the, um, yeah, the like psychological
0: I, I, link there for you. Yeah,
1: I'm <laughs> guessing though, so, because I mean. <laughs> Um, you know, people talk about um, having a strong sense of style, but for me, I I almost like to switch up the character for how I'm feeling that day or, you know, um, if I'm going to work, how do I feel today? What am I trying to um, express and exude or?
0: um, Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because when I'm listening to you, um, I love to kind of draw parallels between things. And one of the things you've said is that your parents kind of wore a uniform and then they wore this dress, like, you know, these lovely kind of more regaled clothing. Um, and then you've gone to a private school where there's a strict uniform and your desire is to mix it up okay. and, and, <laughs> and dress it up and make it fabulous. Yeah, yeah. yeah any excuse um yeah
1: it's um it's quite hard I'm sure that there's more to it as to why I like it but um yeah I also um I remember it in high school there, you know you could take fashion um you know learning construction um which I'm so sorry to my teachers I know I was like a bit of a pain in the ass um <laughs> they had to make friends and chat to people but um, I remember our teacher discussing trends and um, forecasting and I just thought it was um, amazing. I didn't realise that that was a job that you could um, forecast and then there were books that we could look at. And, um, yeah, I again, another thing that I had never been subjected to, like I'd never, um, you know, uh, even being in, in the sort of fashion realm it was always magazines and just always just a little bit too far to – be associated with but you know like I don't know when you have that sort of strong desire of connection and wanting to be a part of something I mean I'm an overthinker and I love thinking I'm like I, I love thinking of every single avenue and um you know how exciting I, I don't know that's the sort of thing that excites me I know it's so silly but even um I don't know I the same but I just love people watching that's like my favorite thing in every go, visiting other countries or um even just being in different environments or even at parties it's like the first thing I'm doing it's quite anti-social but I'm just literally staring and really taking yeah. in the essence of that person just like what makes you 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 know like what why did you wear that today that's so interesting I'm not even judging Um, I know that um, you might get this as well, but whenever I do, um, you know, catch up with someone or meet someone, they'll be like, oh, no, the first thing they're saying is like, oh, sorry, um, I didn't have time to change or this old top. They've got excuses. And I'm just like, I don't even care. When I meet someone, I don't go, oh, my God, is that last season? I'm like, why would you even bother? I'd be like, um, okay, you know, if someone's wearing um, their favorite shoes and they're really well worn, I'd just be like, oh, okay, you know, this person um, really loves their clothing and won't let go of it, you know? Like, and they they really, um, or when people say these are old but they look like they're in good condition, then I'm just like, this type of person um, knows how to look after their stuff. And um, if it's a classic style, maybe that's more, like, if I was to style them, then that would be the direction I would go or, you know, like, I'm I don't even know how to articulate it but it's definitely overthought everything
0: yeah well I I I'm also an overthinker so I think we would become good mates if we could spend more time together yeah. <laughs> um best that- right <laughs> the thing is that for me clothing is such a strong signifier for who people are and even when people don't think that they have a relationship to what they wear there's still an active choice as to what what clothes we put on and if even when you're trying to set and make a message that I don't care what I'm wearing it's still a, a very strong message about yeah. who you're trying to say who you are and if you're interested in human behavior which obviously both of us are you know like that's incredibly intriguing and you know why the reason why I've Started a podcast called Style Stories is to really <laughs> yes. to really to hear those stories and get, make those connections. Um, but you're you obviously you're interested in people, um, and you you have, you had started your career in fashion in New Zealand and studied in New Zealand. But you literally jumped ship um, and had a, your very own below the deck experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was oh. that? about it was that about seeing more of the world and like needing to understand human behavior more or like what prompted you to to have that experience and give us a so bit it. more detail around it
1: yeah yeah no i um, i'd love to um so um in my early 20s, I actually didn't have that much. I was so career-focused and, um, you know, scratching my – trying to scratch my way up and then sliding down um, of trying to get into the fashion industry. And, um, yeah, I was, I was immensely fixated. And um, I know it's not so much like this now, but um, back then, you'd work for free. And so I – um i worked for free for a lot of people just to um gather experience and um to get jobs under my belt and to get known and you know i was doing all sorts of like side gigs you know like random promotional jobs or just anything that like that could give me some side money um and then anyway i remember um doing a giant westfield campaign and i had in my head at the time was a large amount of money. they they pay me and it came at a big sum. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so rich. What am I going to do with it? <laughs> right Went to a travel agent. I missed all my friends. They'd all left. <laughs> They'd mm-hmm. gone to live in London or different places. And um, in my travels, it was actually in Greece. Um, I had caught up with some of my friends from New Zealand and they were on the yachts. And they were like, oh, you know, you should try and do it. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. I'm fine. Thinking I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no fashion I'm, you know that's my thinking I'm above it all and I was and you know how ridiculous am I might even think that because I was like no I'm focused I'm not doing that got back to New Zealand after traveling and I was just like I have to go back I want more you know I was just fixated on doing it but I didn't have enough money you know like I wasn't able to move to a country and settle and okay. assist some more for free and so um yeah, I, I flew to Palma, Mallorca. I did a couple of courses that you had to do. Um, went to the wrong part of the island, but once I realized where I was meant to be, then I found all the yachties. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, then I worked. And uh, I I don't – I'm so sorry also to anyone that I worked for them because I wasn't a very good stewardess, but I was definitely, like, <laughs> I didn't get fired, so that's good. Um <laughs> I worked for a, um, a Belgium um, baron and then another one I worked for um, VJ Malia, who owns Indian Empress and um, Indian cricket team and, you know, half the world, it seems like, <laughs> basically formula ones and would host all the main parties. So that was a lot of fun, but it was it was purely a to travel, but also um, to get some money. To the dream was to go live in London. So I was able after doing it for two years. Then I was happy with the amount of money I had to um, go and um, move to London.
0: And did did the whole that whole experience blow your mind? Like did it just kind of yeah. open up your whole world?
1: Yeah, like any type of fantasy I'd ever had about being um, excessively rich and looked after, or or, um, yeah, like just burst that bubble. I do not want to be that type of rich. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah, it's very stressful actually for them. Um, And then you're surround. Some people are surrounded by the wrong people, Um, and also you see, um, with a lot of money comes, um, you know, people don't don't seem to the opportunities are boundless and sometimes some people need restrictions to appreciate stuff. If, if that makes sense, I don't know. But, um, I like I, and, um, obviously my job was people watching us, pretending our sight and hearing impaired, um, (laughs) standing against a wall, um, until someone needed me. And, (laughs) um, but I learned a lot about different cultures and, um, yeah, you know, you've got, um, access to someone else's life and you're sort of falsely a part of it and then what a nice disposition to sort of be in to decide whether that's something that you would ever want in your life not that it's an option but like yeah it was it was just really interesting but it is a little bit of like a human experiment putting lots of people together and expecting them to be in harmony with each other
0: yeah yeah and in a very contained environment yeah (laughs) so you 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 then worked in london and you've you've like lived in new york and dubai is that correct
1: oh um i did i did jobs um i didn't have the pleasure of living in america i would have loved that um but i did travel there i know that for the job that i have at the moment um i've traveled there a lot for work for buying trips but um yeah just done jobs like um a lot of personal styling jobs and um Yeah, mainly New York was personal styling and then Dubai. um, Yeah, it was strange because initially I went there for the yachts, but then um, was managed to get styling work as well, which is um, I didn't think that they would cross over at at any point at all. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, when I first moved back to um, New Zealand, um, I, I landed and I was like, I yeah, I don't know if I want to come back yet and, um, wanted to start applying for, to, to live back in Dubai. Um, I had a friend who had just started an agency for styling and commercials and all the rest of it. And they're like, yep, come, we need a stylist. And I was like, yep, that's me. And then, um, this job came up and I was like, what is like, you know, there's only three jobs in the country. Um, it just seemed too good to be true. I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I'll apply for it. So I had four interviews and psychometric testing and all the rest of it. And I didn't think I'd get it. And then my visa came through and then, then boom, I got the job. So I was like, okay, I'm staying. And my family's here. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. So how do you, how <laughs> did you find that all those kind of cumulative travel experiences um affected the way that you work as a stylist and also your personal style?
1: I don't even know how to articulate it, but I think it's definitely affected me and in, in how I dress and it's also to be more open. Um and you know when I'm dealing with a client, um if they're from a different culture, there's also lots of rules that you need to consider and also their colouring and and what I think is beautiful and how they want to translate um, how I'd want to like uh, my, my essence of what I think is beautiful will be different to someone else and really yeah. you really your client or um, their viewers um, on board more so than your own thought pattern like you need to be uh, think further than yourself that makes sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> how,
0: how would you just define your personal style now oh um
1: I think I, I I really like um vintage styling. I I like um sort of um 1950s styling, but then I also like um 80s. I I don't really mind, you know, when people will try on um sort of vintage silhouettes and people are like, "Oh, is this too 50s or is this too 80s whatever I want it to be to something like I want I want to take
0: it there so so going into fashion week um you know we obviously got introduced by one of the other nicest people in the industry (laughs) Chloe Hill Uh, I've known Chloe for a really long time and as I said to you on the email she's never failed to be anything but thoughtful and lovely and kind um so uh, she's put put us in good company um but you guys are both uh, ambassadors for New Zealand Fashion Week, and it, yeah. is it supposed to be the twenty-year anniversary for New Zealand yeah. Fashion Week? <laughs> so what? What now that everything's gone into lockdown? What's the plan? What's going to happen?
1: Yeah, I am. Um, I'm sort of wondering. I mean, it gave me a small um, scrap of optimism or um, hope in regards to the actual. Um, fashion week itself all of the messages saying it's postponed yes but yeah I mean New Zealand Fashion Week is an important platform to support um the industry I work in but also it's like my favorite week of the year like this I don't know if this is sad or not but like I like it more than Christmas and New Year like I just, <laughs> <laughs> it's about, like I'm preparing everything and um, yeah, the 20-year tw- anniversary is pretty special. It's a massive milestone. And um, they had a few things on to treat the, um, the, the um, patrons or people who are going to um, Fashion Week. Um, I think there's, there's a show called Retrospective. That was going to be the opening show. And it's gonna have was going to have 55 designers um, throughout history, you know, like of, of the 20 years. Um I had I caught it, I dropped into a couple of um designers that had handed in some clothing for it and they were just so great like I yeah. I don't know hopefully that can go forth i um, yeah
0: yeah So in terms of you would have had a little bit of access to previewing some of the trends from the designers what kind of trends um can we look forward to that might be more give a more New Zealand uh flavor of style
1: um i definitely know that uh the exaggerated sleeves you know how there's that sort of just been a um a thing i mean over the last year um you know the focus is sort of do you remember it was like fluted sleeves were like the thing yeah in the last couple of years, so that's moved up to the shoulders. Um, our our um, trouser silhouettes have changed, so, um, you know, it was quite um, slim or um, straight leg. Now it's sort of um, wider leg or flares. Um, yep. People were playing around with colour more, which is um, great, and, I mean, New Zealand's really known for wearing a lot of black, um, but we, yeah, there, there was um, lots of colour blocking as well. But, yeah, um, I don't know, that's that's all I really saw. I um I think a lot of them were quite secretive naturally, and also I kind of didn't <laughs> want to like surprise me. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um you've said in the past that a New Zealand style is not really known for dressing up. Um hmm. what what would you say it is known for? Um I think
1: do you know what? I think that there has been um, a massive transition. Like if you asked me before I went overseas, um, literally if you just wore black in lots of layers, that was, it was, yeah, just quite, that that was the vibe. I remember um, sort of leaving New Zealand and, you know, everyone was wearing black and, and all of the New Zealand designers were sort of accommodating that and it was very cool to have that sort of vibe. And I remember going overseas and just seeing all the colour and, you um, you could kind of spot a New Zealand I'd be like oh is that a New Zealander could it be and then like you know then they'll be like oh, and I'm like, oh my god yeah you're a New Zealander and then, <laughs> that, but I feel like that that's not the case now like I think that um you know naturally with um being able to order things from overseas or um also I feel like um having a strong sense of identity it's 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 nothing uh, you know you're an ex- successful designer if you can just look at someone's clothing and just be like oh yeah that's a trelease cooper or that's a maggie marilyn you know like i think um there's nothing more flattering and um you know you've done well for yourself if people are clocking being like oh that's that's whatever designer that is um but i know personally once i come back um which was six years ago when I returned to New Zealand I really did try and put more focus on local designers because I know personally for myself I was always looking over the fence I guess I always had that grass is greener the grass is greener on the other side just because we were a smaller country yeah but I was really pleasantly surprised with um some of our at the moment and I I do believe now that um uh there are more like um, when people are purchasing clothes, they're more interested in, in sustainability and um, knowing where their clothing's coming from and also um, maybe uh, looking into the sustainability of, of clothing. I think that that's a really, really big focus in New Zealand at the moment and I'm hoping everywhere else.
0: Uh, definitely here too and I think I think one of the other things that is happening is people need to identify with the brand and so the ethics of the brand have really um, become critical to how people align to it um, yeah. and I think it's that and the fingerprint that the brand has, like you're saying, like you can look at a Trillis Cooper and know that it's a Cooper skirt, skirt or yes. dress because their DNA is very much ingrained into the designs. Um, yeah. In talking about, like, a sense of, I guess, uh, greater identity and representation um, in the kind of fashion community, one of the things that you guys have done really well um, is have a longstanding presence of Indigenous design in New Zealand Fashion Week. So you guys have had the Miramota show for, like, 12 years. And, and one yep. of the... We we got to have Australian Fashion Week here this year in in a time where that's a lot freer than it does right now. Um, And one of the uh, real highlights for me and a lot of you know people in the industry was our First Nations fashion design show. Um, But that's you know it's the first year that that's happened here. Tell me what the effect of like having such a strong Indigenous presence in the fashion community has done in terms of representation.
1: Um, I think I, I'm I'm happy for you guys that you firstly finally got
0: there.
1: <laughs> finally got there. Like <laughs> it's better yeah. late than never. Um and I wonder how it was received. Um I wasn't able to make it to Fashion uh, Australian Fashion Week. Um again I wish I had gone because like now <laughs> look at the situation. Um I I think um I think it's really important that um Europe, any country's indigenous um, backgrounds should should be able to feature, and that we should be super proud of it. I know that even um, on the news on TV3, um, we you know all of our greetings, and um, also when we're when people are doing the weather, it, some of it's in Maori. They they um, make sure that it's um, and it's got beautiful. Um, um, pronunciation and making sure that it's all correct, and um, we've also got um, a beautiful new um, presenter who's only just started this year. Actually, um, her name's Orini Kaipara, and she has um, a, a beautiful moku and, and um, she's presenting. And um, even though I mean she's been a presenter for a while, but maybe on Maori. Um, Base stations, and then now she's in on three, which is um, one of the, the main um, ones for our nation.
0: What I guess what I'm curious about is, from a design perspective, what what does the kind of um, indigenous influence look like? Like, you know, obviously for us, um, there, there's a specific kind of aesthetic that kind of surrounds um, the way that Aboriginal design is done, uh, and and it's it it has its hallmarks. What are the hallmarks of Maori culture in terms of design
1: colorway wise um so um the Maori flag is um black red and white and yeah. so a lot of the designs um I'm just thinking in my head I'm like there's so many people I know right now who are just like have all of the right things to say because their knowledge is just so extensive but um yeah. here goes me <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> Um, red, black and um, white is is the Māori flag. And um, these colours, I know that um, if you're a part of a kapahaka group, which is, um, you know, a, a traditional Māori dancing, um, I don't know if you've watched the um, the All Blacks. And beforehand yeah. there's aaka, like, so it's, you know, um, there's a lot of dance, but um, also um, there's lots of materials that are um, sort of that are always used is uh, flax is something yep. that is, you know, sacred with Maori um, people and, you know, there's flax weaving and um, that can be, be beautifully incorporated. Like some of the stuff that has been done is just so, so good. Um, there's an amazing Maori designer called Kitty Nathan. Um, okay. She's just yeah, someone to look at <laughs> um, if you want to yep. see some amazing designs. Um, and then also we've got um, greenstone. So I don't know if you have met um, any New Zealanders or even Māori New Zealanders that ha- well you know' we're all the same, but with um, that have been gifted uh, Greenstone. So um, greenstone you can't buy yourself. you have to um, it has to be gifted to you. And what I love about this stone is that the more you wear it, Um, it becomes more shiny and actually absorbs the owner's oils. So, you know, you you might have it and you might wear it um, loads and then so it becomes more and more shiny, kind of like the more it's worn, it's more beautiful it becomes. And then Mm -hmm. if and when you pass or if you wanted to gift it to, um, you know, say if you have kids or family or whatnot, um, it's almost like giving a piece of yourself to...
0: To someone in terms of um, moving forward and and like uh, the mood moving forward, I think we've touched on a couple of things that kind of have echoed some of the things that I've been reading about in terms of fashion. So, one of the things that I'm reading is that because we're, we're globally, you know, had, had periods of being locked down and um just being kind of having to get dressed out of necessity but not for show we're kind of, we're going a bit more internal with it and um, the it means that when countries like New Zealand up until today <laughs> that have been more free and been able to be more liberal in terms of their lifestyle um, that you know people are dressing more for their specific mood and how they feel and for themselves rather than for somebody else or to to kind of commit to the way things have traditionally been done do you think that that is coming out as a sentiment um in the fashion scene in New Zealand um and you know you mentioned a sense of colour that you haven't necessarily seen as much of before this do you think that reflects any of that mood?
1: Yeah, I I think so. I know that um, we've got a brand in New Zealand called Me Piachi and also Overland. And um, I always love going to their um, collection previews. And um, one of the ladies that were discussing the range, well, you know, it was her range that she's um, put together. And um, it was very interesting to see how it had been divvied, the different collections, there was at home and so there was, you know, the functional sort of like slippers and whatnot. But then there were like rhinestone slippers. And I was like, whoa, where did these come from? <laughs> but um, it was just like, you know, some this is for themselves. Or like, you know, if you can't go out, then, you know, you're, you're glammed up and you're feeling like, you know, you're making an effort. And also with the collections, they were um, going all out pretty much like wearing um all crystal sort of heels and um heavily decorated um super like almost like princess slippers and then um yeah. but then then there was like sort of pulling back a little bit more there were sneakers and you know there was your going out sneaker and then there was like your relaxed sneaker. I think that um, I mean into I think internationally as well. I think that um, the like we haven't seen this level of casualness with um, clothing and how people are dressing since the uh, late '90s, early 2000. You know, I, I remember hearing, um, being in a friend's house the other the week, and she was just like, "Oh, can you get me my sneakers?" To her partner, and he runs off and gets mm. her sneakers she's like, no no no, I want my going out sneakers. And I'm just like, what the hell? What's the difference? And like, you know, she had like different ones. And she's like, oh no, I don't wear heels anymore. So I think you're right. I think there is definitely um I've been like, no no, this is what I want to do. Or, you know, you've been at home for a wee while so you know, you know what, this is actually what I really like. And you know, I've mm. been doing this dance, and this is just good. I'm just doing me. Which I, I think is yeah. good.
0: Yeah. what about you do you feel like you've wanted to get a bit fancy like since you know you after your period of lockdown and what have you yeah I found that I wasn't wearing heels
1: as much which is quite shocking because I (laughs) um partial to a heel um yeah and then I mean my my me dressing for comfort probably is like there's different variants of um dressing for comfort like what I think's casual won't be casual to someone else but um Yeah. yeah I find um you know I, I've never really invested in clothing at home clothing because I just was never home I was either working or out um and then you know, if, as soon as I get home it's pajamas like I just didn't really have that <laughs> at
0: home in between
1: yeah yeah so like I you know I found myself um you know buying stuff that will be um comfortable for home but then also um if I was on like a zoom call or um you know going into work or whatnot like a you know that maybe it all sort of merges a bit more instead of it being very very serious. um but i mean you know um we've been so lucky and not actually been in lockdown so um maybe you want to talk yeah. to me in a,
0: a week or two <laughs> if it <laughs> uh i i think um for me, that this series is about a bit of escapism, so that we can kind of move away from thinking about loungewear and more think about all the fabulous things that people are wanting to wear or are wearing um, as a means of self-expression, <laughs> as as the world does in other pockets of the world get to move around a bit more where vaccinations are higher. Um, so that kind of leads me to my last question, Sarah. Where, like, where are you kind of aspiring to travel to and what would be, like, the most fabulous outfit you could put on when you when you got there? Um, I, hmm,
1: I think that I definitely... Of all the countries that I want to wanna travel to and, you know, um, I know that for work I normally travel a lot to America and then I'll always go to London in September for Fashion Week and then I'll um, always go to one new country just to make sure that every year I'm getting my country in. Uh, last one I went to was um, Costa Rica. Um, But do you know what? Like, since the lockdown and um, also not being able to leave the country, I'd have to say I'd have to go for family. Um, I'd really love to go back to Tahiti and and see my family that I've I've held off for such a long time. And, you know, I'm devastated about that, that, you know, I put them on the back burner. Um, I'd also like to maybe go to Edinburgh. That was also um, a a city that I was so close to where I was living that I was like, oh, I'll just do it next year. I'll just do it next year. You know, like just, I want to go to all the places that I was going to do next year and then just couldn't yeah. go to yeah. Japan. I go to, um, I do want to go back to London and see my friends and hug their kids and go to countries that the temperature is more consistent than New Zealand. Cause here it's, um, you know, four seasons in one day. Um, yeah. But yeah I look forward to um, I mean it's winter here at the moment and um, I look forward to um, being poolside somewhere and um, you know wearing something ridiculous like a big giant matching hat with my bikini and my tail and just have something really obnoxious and silly and unfunctional and, <laughs> <not
0: functional. laughs>
1: and you know, to know just everything that I can't do at the moment I want <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah oh well, yeah i hope you get to get to see your family um soon and i think there are worse places to aspire to go to than tahiti yeah. that sounds pretty yeah. fabulous to me <laughs> <laughs> well sarah thank you so much for joining me today and thanks for being such a trooper and even though i'm sure you've had such a busy hectic morning um you still came looking fabulous and giving me your well, whole well, self I- sorry Thank you, Chloe. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yes, thanks to Chloe. But I, I hope that um, one day we get to actually meet in person, and um, I would, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. next year's Fashion Week at somewhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> New Zealand, look me
0: up. Yes, I will. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll let you get some rest. Thank you so much. If you like style stories but are looking for a little more connection, please come and join Style Stories The Circle, a Facebook group I've created to provide a community-minded space where you can discuss the latest episodes, get social, and share your style and your stories.